We begin tonight with the Liberal government's latest gun control move. Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino says Canada plans to ban the import of handguns into the country without the approval of Parliament. He says the regulatory measure comes into effect in two weeks and will last until that permanent freeze is passed in Parliament and comes into force. This announcement is further proof of our commitment to leave no stone unturned in our quest to prevent gun crime in our country. The federal government, federal government, of course, tabled gun control legislation in May that includes a national freeze on the importation, purchase, sale and transfer of handguns in this country. The law did not pass before Parliament took its summer break and it is set to be debated again when MPs return to Ottawa in the fall. For now, Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jelly says she has the authority to ban any import or export permit in this country. In effect, this ban is a stopgap while the handgun freeze moves through the parliamentary process, preventing shelves from being restocked in the immediate term. So what to make of all this? Is this a good policy or just politics? Joining me now is Irvin Waller. He's an emeritus professor of criminology at the University of Ottawa and author of The Science and Secrets of Ending Violent Crime. Irvin Waller, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you for the interest. Uh, Whenever it comes to gun issues for the Liberals, uh, specifically for urban voters, it always sounds like good politics. But uh, what was announced today? Is it good policy? Uh, I think it's, um, it will make uh, no difference. Uh, I, uh, I get a little bit upset that they say this is going to make uh, communities safer. I don't think this will make any difference uh, whatsoever to um, communities being safer. Uh, and I don't think the freezing of uh, handgun licenses uh, would make any difference either in the in the short term. It might make a slight difference in the in the long term. Uh, it, it, basically, the people who are shooting each other in urban areas are uh, using handguns that are illicitly imported from the United States maybe 80%, maybe 85% uh, come from the U.S. I, I think it may have some marginal impact on the price of illicit weapons, uh, mean, meaning that uh, if, if you want to buy a handgun on the black market, you may have to uh, pay um, marginally more. Uh, the basic problem is that they're not tackling the demand for these handguns and unfortunately we've seen in the last five or six years an increase in the illicit use illegal use of uh, handguns and that's actually quite dramatic um, uh, 20 30 percent fortunately the rise in the number of homicides is not so dramatic but it's going in the in the wrong direction and I can't put all the research to back this statement, but uh, it, it basically you ratchet. So the people who have handguns uh, uh, and the people who get engaged with them who want handguns, uh, and so they're going to be looking for handguns. And it just uh, little by little in Canada, uh, you get uh, more and more people um, buying handguns on the black market to settle disputes, to settle somebody who has shot their friend or relative, uh, uh, somebody who's insulted their friend or relative, and 
to protect up to a point the um, the trading of um, of illicit drugs. Yeah, I mean, I think what what we're trying to get at here is that we know that there's been an increase in the number of, of of legally imported guns into this country. At least that's the stats that the government points to when it talks about this. But there are two things here that I found a bit surprising. One was the urgency. Why now? Why all this? Why do you need to bypass parliament? There's a bill about to be looked at. Uh, why now? And and what impact really would this have? Does this freeze have? You've already talked about it. it. It strikes me that legally owned handguns in this country, while perhaps a measure of concern, and there is a support across the country for a handgun ban, at least in major urban areas, that this doesn't really solve the problem, the root problem, which is gun violence. Uh, yeah, well, you're absolutely correct. And I think what is most uh, disappointing is that we have very solid science about what would reduce handgun violence in urban areas. And uh, this is well established. You can find out about it, actually, uh, interestingly, from a website on the US, uh, the US Department of Justice. You can find out on the website of the British College of Policing. You can find out on a website of the World Health Organization. And in my book, Science and Secrets of Ending Violent Crime, I brought all those and actually many other sources together to show what really works to stop street violence with uh, handguns. And importantly, we also know how to implement those measures. So the, the, the sorts of things that are likely to make a difference in urban areas in Canada are uh, putting a uh, outreach social worker into hospital emergency rooms where the victims of shootings or knifings go and you uh, that street worker helps uh, uh, convince the young man or almost all young men to take another uh, uh, way in life so uh, to probably advance their schooling to uh, maybe get uh, training for a job and um, so you're talking about crime, crime prevention here i mean at the end of the day this is crime prevention versus this is tackling the roots of the problem as opposed to trying to tackle the supply of the gun which is often at the end of this whole scenario yeah i mean the analogy with with drugs we know that it doesn't matter on the border people are bringing in fentanyl or whatever sorts of drugs. And we're living a period with this absolutely horrendous number of uh, drug overdoses. I mean, it's written in, 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 in black and white, in my view, that what you do at the border may be important to do, but it's not going to solve uh, the problem. Now, there are two ways of looking at the causes. One, somebody like me talks about the roots of violence, which are poverty and racism and uh, those sorts of things. Uh, but somebody like me also talks about tackling risk factors. So you're uh, within the group of people who are races against them and uh, poverty is against them. It's actually a very small number of these uh, young men who engage in this violence. Uh, and those are the ones that you have to focus on uh, either when they actually get uh, shot or knifed, uh, but also uh, when they're on the street. They're well known to the police, to families, to, uh, in some cases, to schools. 
and you uh, you focus on them. And when you do that uh, with outreach workers, like I've mentioned, uh, you get reductions of um, uh, well fifty percent over a three-year period from when you start doing it. Now you also have to plan. And the exciting thing for me in Canada at the moment is that in 2019, Ontario changed its police act and it changed it to call it the Community Safety and Police Act. And it, the, there is a section in that revised police act that obliges, that makes every municipality in uh, Ontario actually come up with a plan and those plans by the way have to deal both with the roots like poverty and the risk factors like those who are already engaged in um, a violent uh, lifestyle or about to be engaged in a violent uh, uh, lifestyle we'll take a quick break and come back and we'll uh, we'll continue the conversation i'm speaking with Irvin waller he's an emeritus professor of criminology at the university of ottawa author of the science and secrets of ending violent crime we're talking about an announcement today from public safety minister marco mendocino uh, that canada will ban the import of handguns into the country without the approval of parliament uh, a regulatory measure that will come into effect in two weeks and last until that permanent freeze that parliament announced or that the government announced in the spring comes into effect when we come back again just a, a little bit more about what difference this is going to make and why the urgency uh, of passing this measure without the approval of Parliament. That's now. My guest this half hour is Irvin Waller. He's an emeritus professor of criminology at the University of Ottawa, the author of The Science and Secrets of Ending Violent Crime. We're talking about an announcement today from the government, from the federal government, from the public safety minister, Marco Mendocino, announcing uh, that uh, a new regulatory measure will come into effect in two weeks, uh, freezing or banning the import of handguns into this country, uh, citing a big jump in the import of legal handguns, a uh, 52% increase uh, over the same period last year between January and June of this year. Uh, so just to, to go back, to this issue of handguns, because I think a lot of people in this country are concerned about handguns. So it makes sense for politicians to respond to these concerns. I guess the concern is, uh, you know, does it make a difference? And we've talked about the fact that it probably won't in this case, but is it bad policy? I mean, that, that's what it boils down to. Will it, will it also, will it cause harm uh, and not do any good? I think people are concerned about uh, signs uh, of uh, people being shot, particularly people being shot during the day in uh, areas outside of the uh, poorer areas where um, both the victims and the offenders typically come from. And I think they're right to be uh, concerned about that in terms of uh, it is possible that uh, somebody can be uh, shot who was not targeted and in my view people should be concerned about people getting shot full stop uh, but these shootings do not involve or in very rare cases uh, um, and those are not in urban areas in very rare cases uh, in rural areas you may get a misuse of a handgun by somebody who is uh, uh, the rightful owner I, I, I don't understand why the government given the amount of evidence and knowledge we have, and they have access to it. They have access to it through my book. They have access to it through the websites. It's easy to get. And uh, many of the people working for uh, the, the Minister of Public Safety are familiar with uh, both my book and the knowledge. So I do not understand why they do not invest in the things that will actually reduce that, that violence 
And yes, it is urgent to do it. And you can get uh, what I would call short-term solutions. Uh, you can reduce this violence by uh, 50% within a two or three year period. If you do, uh, if, if you actually have uh, outreach workers in hospital emergency rooms, uh, you will get um, results in an even shorter term. And they, uh, Toronto is now doing this in the Sunnyside Hospital, and I think they're looking at doing it in uh, St. Michael's as well. Does this do any harm? I mean, it, it, does this target the wrong people, in other words? Um, well, I think it does two sorts of harm. Uh, first of all, it puts up the price of these uh, handguns that are bought on the black market. And that means um, more violence to acquire these uh, handguns. And I think in the long term, it's not a good idea to allow more and more handguns to be around because eventually they will uh, get stolen and eventually they will get misused, for instance, in uh, domestic uh, violence. So I, I, I'm not against uh, some sort of restriction. But um, in terms of urgency, uh, the urgency is to stop us going down the road of, uh, um, of Chicago. Chicago uh, last year had 800 murders. That's more murders than the whole of Canada. It has, um, it's the same size city as Toronto. Uh, it has, in Toronto has roughly 80 murders. Uh, marginally more than a half are with um, a gun so primarily handguns uh, and Chicago has two and a half times the number of police it has uh, it incarcerates at a rate that is unimaginable anywhere else in the in, right. in the world so uh, we, we we need to change um, a culture from trying to, in my view, obsessively deal with the, the misuse of handguns and people seriously injured and people killed with handguns uh, by um, enforcement measures. Uh, you, you have to get upstream. You have to use prevention. It's effective. It's cost effective. Um, the federal government talks about uh, uh, putting out some money for this, but uh, they've been incredibly slow, incredibly slow in in putting that money out. And it's money for projects. They need to put money out uh, on a permanent basis. Uh, they've got uh, Toronto already planning now. They spent uh, Toronto is spending a million dollars this year just on planning. We're going to have to leave it at that. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate your insight into this. And um, yeah, good to, we'll catch up. Uh, we know that this legislation is is going to be looked at again by Parliament. Uh, and I appreciate your insight. Thanks so much. Thank you for your interest.